It's the first ever mailbag episode of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. What does Cooper Flagg's commitment mean for Duke? And one of the preseason AP top 10 teams is almost guaranteed to fall out of the top 25 by the end of the year. Who's it going to be? We got your answers. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. We are your hosts. I'm Isaac Shade. This is the guy, Andy Patton, and we are so excited to be with you. The last show before it is officially college basketball season. And so we thought there was no better way to start than with our first ever mailbag episode. By the way, you want to hear your questions asked and answered on this show? Come join our Discord where a lot of these questions have come from. The link is in the show notes. We've been saving up some of these. Like, for example, we've been waiting on explaining the inside joke behind the apologies to the lawyer family and the Let's Go Wildcats for months. Thank you for your patience. We're going to get to that today. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first episode. So Andy, we got several questions. Let me just get us right into our first one here. Biggest recruiting news in a minute is that Cooper Flagg earlier this week committed to Duke, the number one rated player in the class of 2024. And this question comes from Dude from Durham on YouTube. I love that username. Way to go, Dude from Durham. All right, Andy, here's the question. What does Cooper Flagg's addition mean for Duke next season so I, I like this question because it looks at the cooper flag side of it and the duke side of it right so let me just start on the cooper flag side of this 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 dude right now i firmly believe this could be in college basketball starting on monday and would be a top five player nationally in all of division one I. I don't say that uh hyperbolically or anything that is legitimately true um, and, and folks, that's what you need to know. This is a massive addition um, that Cooper Flag has reclassified from the class, but it don't matter. He's been playing up for a minute and he just always balls out no matter where he's at. He does it offensively. He does it defensively. He's got a wide ranging skill set. I know many say that AJ Debonsa is probably the best player regardless of class in the nation. But there is certainly an argument to be made for flag as well. But if not, he's at worst number two amongst all players in high school basketball this year. Yeah, you know, and I think for for in terms of the reclassification, I think that's a big element of it for, for Coach Shire and Duke as well. Getting him in that 2024 class, they already have a ton of commits in 2024, but they're also, you know, they're going after the Boozer twins, and it's difficult to land all of those players. So for them to get flag in that 24 class, perhaps that makes it a little bit easier for them. And it really kind of solidifies what is a tremendous recruiting class for Coach Shire in 2024. They have Flag coming in. They have Isaiah Evans, who's ranked 11th in the class. Uh, they have Con Nupel, who's ranked 16th in the class. They have Darren Harris, who's 56th. This is a tremendous recruiting class. And it'll be interesting, kind of the element of this that I'm most intrigued by, is what does this mean for Duke's current roster? They have a lot of sophomores who came back last year, a lot of guys that they kind of maybe thought were going to be one and done guys like Phil Filipowski, like Proctor, like Mark Mitchell. I think the expectation is that many of those guys are moving on after this year, but with so much talent potentially joining the team in 2024, I don't think they're pushing those guys out necessarily. It's certainly not that, but it will be interesting to see 
there's a lot of talent that could be condensed onto a roster in 24-25 for Duke, and something's going to have to give. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But with you 100% on everything else you said about Flag, that dude is an absolute beast, and he is going to be a beast for Duke when he sets foot on campus next year. Yeah, Andy, I love what you said there about the Boozer twins, too, because of the positional positional similarities there um, between the guys. I think this enables Duke to get both if they can. Um, what's, here's what's interesting to me about what you said. Like To me, it makes a ton of sense to be going after guys like Flag, number one, Isaiah mm-hmm. Evans, number 11, and Con Knipple, as you said, number 16. Mm-hmm. But for a program like Duke, how far into that do you want to get? Right. Because if you're John Shire – you can get anybody you want out of the transfer portal, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, if if I'm John Shire and I call you up and Andy Patton, you're transferring over from Utah State mm-hmm. and John Shire calls you because you were a baller last year and he's like, I need you in Durham. Andy, you're packing your bags yesterday to mm-hmm. come to play for Duke. I say that to say what, and, and we've talked about this before, but this is another moment to say, what is the value of freshmen at, at what level does Duke cut off who they're going after? And so, you know, we named all four of these guys and and it's nothing against Darren Harris. He's a phenomenal basketball player, but like, is he ever going to contribute at Duke? Mm-hmm. And if not, would he end up leaving and going somewhere where he could get more playing time, show himself, and then maybe even come back around it? You know, like it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how this goes as we get to next spring in particular. What is Duke looking like? who's blown up, who's not been as good as advertised, who's going to come back, all of that. And, and ultimately, this is the difference to me between Duke this year and Kentucky this year, where Kentucky is relying on those freshmen because they got so many commitments. If Duke gets all these commitments and that's who they got to rely on next year, we're not going to value them as highly as this year. Why? Because Duke has all the sophomores coming back and doesn't have to rely on McCain and everyone else to perform. Second question here, this one comes from at Lover 21684 on our Discord channel. The question here, which one of the AP Top 10 teams will be out of the AP Top 25 at the end of the season? Isaac, I love this question because it's not will one of them, it's which one. And part of the reason for that is because in 22 of the last 24 seasons, dating back to 1999-2000, at least one of the preseason AP Top 10 teams has ended the season out of the Top 25. And in the two seasons that it did not happen, it was really close. Villanova in 2018-19 was preseason ninth. They ended up 23rd. They had dropped out, but just snuck in right at the last minute. And back in 2005, Georgia Tech preseason number three finished 25th and had been out from late January all the way until the final poll. So this happens pretty much every year. Somebody in the AP Top 10 does not make it into the top 25 at the very end of the season. So looking at the top 10, Isaac, I'm going to read the top 10 teams. I'm going to okay. give, have you give me your thoughts on this situation. Okay. You have Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and Marquette. That is your top five teams. You have UConn at six, Houston at seven, Creighton at eight, Tennessee at nine, and then FAU at 10. Who among that group do you think is most likely to not be in the top 25 in the final poll of the year? Okay, Andy, I my blink, I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan. My blink was to go with FAU sure. because I think they're going to, you know, probably take some lumps in the non-con. They've mm-hmm. scheduled really well. Yeah. But then I thought, I think they're going to blitz the AAC. And mm-hmm. I think by the time we get back to the final poll, even if 
Maybe they dropped out or dropped lower. I think what they'll do in conference is going to be enough to have them there. So I'm going a little bonkers here, but it, it's not bonkers, right? Uh, because as you were talking about, historically, it's almost a, a mandate that we have at least one team. I'm going with defending champion UConn. Here's why. Ooh. What if Donovan Klingon's foot don't heal? Mm -hmm. Which is not, not a likely thing. We've seen it. What if the collective tissue of the guys who's gone, like you think about everything that those dudes are taking with them. Like we saw it with preseason number one last year, North Carolina coming off, not a national championship, but right there on it, just like UConn is. And we thought all that connective tissue was there, but just even subtle shifts was enough to blow it up. So why is it crazy to think that that might be UConn this year? You think about even last year, they had that uh, early, uh, like early conference play dip. Mm -hmm. They do that and it gets even bigger. Yeah. Who knows? I think Stefan Castle is going to be awesome. But what if he's not? I like Kim, Cam Spencer. I like all these dudes, but Andy, it's always possible. And, and I don't hope this happens. I want to see awesome teams be awesome, yeah. but I got to go with UConn. Yeah, I mean, I think UConn's got such a difficult schedule in the non. They have a great non-conference schedule, but even in conference play, I mean, they got they got to deal with Marquette twice. They got to deal with Creighton twice. They got to deal with Providence twice. They got to deal with Villanova and St. John's twice. Like, if they're not playing at the top ten level, they will drop games in the regular season. It will happen. Is it enough for them to fall all the way to twenty five out of the top twenty five? Hard to say. It's always hard to look at the teams that you think are going to be the 10 best teams in the country and, and try to figure out whether they're going to be outside the top 25. But again, it happens every single year. Uh, I went with my blink, I guess. I went with FAU, uh, the first team that kind of stood out to me. I hate it because I think FAU is a very good team. I think they deserve to be in that top 15 conversation, but they have a really tough non-conference schedule. Kudos to them for doing so, but they'll probably drop some of those games. That might be enough for them to be out of the top 25 by the time the regular season rolls around. But like you said, I think there's a real opportunity for them to blast through the AAC. Memphis is going to be a real competitor. They got other good teams that are joining them in that conference, like North Texas, uh, like UAB, but they have a real chance to get back into that conversation. They strike me as a team that's going to fall out by December and then kind of be on the periphery of being a top 25 team throughout the conference season. Wouldn't shock me if they are right at the end, but also wouldn't shock me if they just missed the cut. And here's the other thing with it at an overall level, because of transfer portal, because of everything going on with that, it's harder than ever now for us to predict preseason who's going to be top 10. So we're going to see more volatility year after year after year. In fact, last year uh, was one of three years in the 2000s where four of the top 10 preseason were out by the end of the season. So I think this trend is only going to get more convoluted and more complicated. Well, we got a couple exhibition losses for both Kansas and Baylor and a question about if that is a sign that things might not be so rosy in the Big 12 Conference this upcoming season. We're going to talk about it after a word from today's sponsor, Game Time. Guys, college basketball is a few days away. And for those of you who are realizing, I want to get myself some tickets. I want to find myself going to a game in that first week of the regular season. You have got to check out Game Time. I know that game time is going to have the tickets that I need at a price that I want, and I'm going to be able to see what the view looks like from my seat right in the app. Game time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for any event you're looking for, whether it's college basketball, whether it's NBA, whether it's football, college football, music, comedy, theater, and more. You name it, they've got it. 
And in addition to that view from your seat feature, I also really like that GameTime has the lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. It makes me feel very comfortable whether I'm buying tickets spur of the moment or occasionally as I do planning ahead to buy tickets to a future event. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app now, create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Isaac, we are continuing our first inaugural mailbag episode. Of isn't the that the same thing, Andy? Podcast. Our first inaugural. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, you know, that's that's fine. It's fine. We're, I'm, I'm not known for being having a lot of brevity in the way that I talk. That's why I'm a podcaster, right? <laughs> We got two more questions here in the second segment. Uh, again, if you guys want to get involved in Mailbag, you can just send us questions on our Discord channel. The link is in the show notes on audio and video. It's a free platform for us to talk college basketball all day long. It's also a great way to get those questions answered on the show. This next question here comes from Gooby Grig, G-U-B-I-G-R-I-G on Discord. If you guys want to use the Discord, you can make the names a little bit easier for us to pronounce. That would be fantastic. But the question here. After seeing Kansas lose its exhibition game to Illinois and Baylor losing its exhibition to Gonzaga, is it possible that the Big 12 this year is not as good as it has been in the last several years? So I wouldn't put a lot of stock into this. I have kind of been champion. We've talked about it a few times on the show. Not putting a ton of stock into the exhibitions. I think that is a great thing for college basketball that we are seeing more of these exhibition games televised. They're not all secret scrimmages, although, of course, the Gonzaga-Baylor one was kept under wraps. But... It also creates a situation where I think coaches may be experimenting with things. They may be trying guys out of positions. They may be trying to implement new offensive and defensive sets. And that's why they wanted these to be secret in the, in the past. That's why these haven't been all that televised, because they do want to try some new things. So results in these situations just don't mean that much to me. Baylor wasn't – they didn't have Ray J. Dennis, who's going to be one of their best – probably one of their leading scorers – on the team, Tachama Chachua, I think, only played eight minutes in that scrimmage against Gonzaga, and it was like a three-point game. So to me, that doesn't mean much. I also think Gonzaga and Baylor are pretty evenly matched teams, so Baylor losing to Gonzaga is not a surprising result, even were it to happen in the regular season. Uh, Kansas-Illinois, I, I would put a little bit more stock into that. Illinois just looked like the better team than Kansas in that game. Kansas was missing Johnny Furphy, not as big of a loss as, as a Ray J. Dennis type, but I don't know. Isaac, I'd love to hear your thoughts here, but to me, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't put a ton of stock into either of these two results for those two squads. Oh yeah. Andy, I'm not worried at all. I mean, <laughs> I could honestly say period and be done with it, but mm-hmm. um, speaking of Johnny Furphy, by the way, he mm-hmm. might be one of my favorite off the radar players, mm-hmm. players this year, a uh, guy from down under great shooter folks, just keep an eye on what his role is for the Jayhawks this year. Although mm-hmm. as we know, coach self don't play that bench. They were like no. third from last last year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Andy. I'm not concerned about this. You're trying stuff. You're figuring out rotations. You you want to be really vanilla in what you're doing. Uh, you don't want to give away yeah. um, special things like a little behind the curtain stuff. Baylor has some new wrinkles uh, mm-hmm. that they're going to be rolling out this year. Maybe they're not wanting to do that yet. I'm yeah. like, that's all I'll say about it for now. But mm-hmm. um, we look at these things and it's like, yes, you can learn some things. Like, for example, we have taken heat all, all week long from Arkansas beating Purdue in a rowdy, awesome environment at Bud Walton Arena last weekend. To me, that doesn't say 
much of anything about Purdue. I think it does speak to more of Arkansas's capability, sure. but we would like we would expect that. Like if that was a February early February game in Fayetteville and they were in the same conference, I would probably have favored Arkansas in that yeah. game over for Purdue. So that doesn't tell me less about Purdue. It just tells me that both of these teams are awesome, mm -hmm. both Arkansas and Purdue. So that's where I'm at with that. I fully expect, and we said this on our Big 12 Purdue, uh, preview, that the Big 12 should still be the best conference in the nation, top to bottom, even with a, a little more of a butt on the end of it this year uh, than we had before with the glut of, of UCF and Cincinnati and um, BYU in there. But I still expect Big 12 to be analytically the best conference in the nation, so not a concern for me. Yeah, I think for me, you kind of talked about how this that may have said more about Arkansas in that game. I think I, I would say that about Illinois. Illinois looked really good against Kansas. Illinois is a borderline top 25 team. Maybe that result uh, proves that they should be in that top 25, maybe even top 20. I don't think it says a lot of negative things about Kansas as much as like, hey, Illinois is pretty good. <laughs> Illinois is pretty good. Let's see Terrence <laughs> Shannon Jr. be a dude this year. All right, Andy, next question. This, believe it or not, comes from our guy Leaf Tulane coming from our CBB Discord. I love it. He has a prediction of his final four of Duke, Tennessee, Michigan State, and Marquette. And he says, thoughts? Well, Andy, I'll give some. Uh, earlier in the week on our bold prediction show, one of my bold predictions is that two of our final four teams would be in their first ever final four, one of whom would be Creighton. So that means I got to kick out one of Leafs teams. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is it can still hold true. Even if I just had Creighton, you know why Tennessee ain't never been to a final four. They've only made it to the elite eight. So Tennessee fits in my qualifier as uh, one of those two teams that can make it to the final four for the first time. I really, I've been saying it. I'm a, I'm a flip flopper from Tennessee last year. <laughs> I'm all in on the Vols this year. Um, here's the other thing why I would say I, like, I really like this Final Four. I project these to be, you know, four of the top seven or so teams in the nation this year. And I just, going back to that volatility we just talked about, the uncertainty of what teams are in this day and age, I think we're, we're going to see some of these teams get picked off along the way. And so, you know, it really feels like we'll probably get another rando team in there again that none of us really expect. And so for that reason as well, I don't expect it to be these four teams. Mm -hmm. But listen, give me Tennessee, give me Creighton, and any combination of the others, and I can get on board with it. This would be for, I mean, presumably, based on our projections right now, this would be four top two seeds. And that just yeah. how often does that actually happen, especially in the era of so much parody in college basketball? Like individually while you're talking, Andy. <laughs> individually i i see the argument for all four of these teams but there's there's just no way that it's going to be that top heavy in the final four i just don't see it it's incredibly rare for that to happen it does happen don't get me wrong but uh, all four of these teams have a lot of roster continuity which is something we talk about a ton uh, they're all well coached teams i can understand the argument individually for all of them you know, duke's got so many guys coming back tennessee gets their backcourt back i love the addition of Dalton Connect, certainly Michigan State has been a, a popular team in this conversation for a reason with, you know, so many key pieces returning a, a tremendous freshman class. Marquette, I'm a little worried about them defensively. Uh, I think that's something where I could see them getting tripped up because they're offensively fantastic, but they, you know, they, they, they have to stop teams from scoring too. And I think that's an area where I could see them getting tripped up a little bit. But to me, it's more of like 
all these teams have the ability to be Final Four teams. I can see the argument for each of them, but a Final Four with all four of them, very unlikely. Yep. Andy, it is the year. I was thinking this. uh, Mm -hmm. The last time that all four were top two, any guesses on when it was? Like, I feel like it happened not that long ago. Like 18 or something? Oh, a decade before that. 2008. Oh, was that yeah. year when we had all four one seeds in Kansas? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah. But Andy, to your point though, we have had since I'm looking in real time here, since 2013, we yeah. have had a, at least one five seed or lower every yeah. final four. Yeah. So again, to your point, this isn't all that likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to keep on rolling, folks. We've been holding out on the lawyer inside joke for too long. Apologies for keeping the apologies to the lawyer family from you for so long. We're going to get to that and a couple more questions in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball, it's brought to you by Prize Picks. Y'all, testing my skills on Prize Picks across all sports of very all sorts of various sports is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you got the skills, you can turn 10 bucks a Hamilton into 250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is a really simple way to do daily fantasy sports for busy people like us. I love it, Andy, because I can make my picks and submit them in less than a minute. I need that. I don't have much time to be all looking at it. Seriously, here's how this works. It's so easy. You just pick two or more players. You look at the stat associated with them and then just choose if you think it's going to be more or less. For all our Hogs fans out there, we know you guys are tuning in like uh, gangbusters. Here you go. Arkansas's quarterback, KJ Jefferson, this weekend. His passing yards is set at 199 and a half uh, on Saturday against Florida. Come on. That man can run all he needs to run. I'm actually smashing the less on that one, Andy. So, folks, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Andy, as we said, we'll get to our uh, apologies to the lawyer family and the go wildcats in just a second. We got one other question we want to hit on before we get there. And uh, this is actually a really great one that also came from Gooby Grig on CBB discord. And so uh, you know, wanted to get this one in as well because it's been such a hot topic this offseason. Uh, Gooby Grigg says this, while it may not happen during this season, which conference ultimately ends up adding Gonzaga in July 2025, the Big 12 or the Big East? Andy, I want you to go first because I think I've got a different kind of answer. <laughs> well, yeah. So for those of you who do not know, I also host the Locked On Zags podcast. So conference realignment and Big 12 versus Big East has been a very common topic on the show. And recently on my bold predictions episode, I said that I think Gonzaga's next move conference-wise is going to be the Big East. And the Big 12 has obviously been the team most in the news regarding Gonzaga. They've have Brett Yormark is infatuated with Gonzaga. He has made it very clear that he wants Gonzaga in the Big 12. He wants a coast-to-coast basketball-heavy conference. That's why they were pursuing Gonzaga. That's why they were pursuing UConn. They added the four corner schools out of the Pac-12 and kind of decided to, to table those conversations. But then a two 
two, not even two months, like six weeks later, all of a sudden Gonzaga is back in the news with the Big 12. But there are definitely some, there is definitely some opposition. There are teams in the Big 12 that do not seem keen to vote for Gonzaga. And that to me is part of why there's going to be a hurdle here. Gonzaga would be a non-football school in a football conference. Do they want to be kind of in that role, in that kind of discomfort position, especially when the Big East, yes, the ge- geography is a huge issue. Massive issue, something we could talk about for a really long time. But institutionally, the Big East schools fit who Gonzaga is to a T. They're Jesuit Catholic institutions. They're non-football schools. They're basketball heavy. Like, it is a really good fit. And I think what's going to happen, the Big East is going to start their negotiations for their new media rights deal. They already have, in fact. They're going to realize Gonzaga's TV power metric is really high. This is a program that people watch on television and Fox and CBS and whoever else might get involved with those media deals is going to want Gonzaga in the picture and it's going to raise the amount of money that each of these Big East schools could make. I think it's going to be enough for the Big East to start to really consider doing this. And if the Big 12 schools keep shuffling their feet, to me, I think there's a chance for the Big East to kind of swoop under the radar a little bit and steal Gonzaga, where I think they are a much better fit institutionally, philosophically, and in various other ways. I completely agree with that. I love the logic of it uh, on so many levels. Andy, if this was Bold Prediction Show, here's where I'd be going. <laughs> Gonzaga will be joining the Pac-12. Hmm. What if... What? This what, if what if Oregon State and Washington State mm-hmm. grab those Mountain West schools yep. and then they bring in Gonzaga as well? Mm-hmm. Just, just shooting a West Coast shot here. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't that be a wild, bold prediction? That That's where I'm landing on it. But I like in a more realistic sort of way, mm-hmm. I think the Big East makes so much sense yep. from the institutional fit like geographic geographic fit is out the window at this point. That's why I'm leaning into the Pac-12 thing. Geographic fit is out the window, Big 12 or Big East. So I look at institutional fit and what makes sense. Give me the Big East as well. But seriously, well, let's just have fun with the Pac-12 thing. It might happen. All right, Andy. I think this is the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> at the end of our shows, we uh, we shout out the lawyer family. We shout out uh all the wildcats out there in the world two kind of inside jokes that just kind of organically happened on the show so first off we always say apologies to the lawyer family and here uh so this question comes from by the way d tenzel 4329 on youtube who has been so patiently waiting on us to answer this question so d tenzel says so when do the late to the party which i love that get the lawyer family inside joke well first off Friends, uh, it's not lawyer like the job, L-A-W-E-R. It's lawyer like L-O-Y-E-R, as in Fletcher and Foster lawyer uh, of Davidson and now Purdue. It's the brother's lawyer. Um, And so uh, I am so bad at keeping these dudes straight is the answer. (laughs) And um, for so long, it had been Fletcher that I'm just conditioned when I see the last name lawyer to see Fletcher, right? And then Foster pops up at Purdue last year and they're having a big year. So we're talking about Purdue a lot. Inevitably, I would say Fletcher probably more than Foster. Andy, I finally figured out a way to get it right. Fletcher came before Foster and that's how it goes alphabetically. So that's how I keep it straight now. But um, somebody called us out on YouTube comments multiple times or called me out, I guess I should say. And so I just started apologizing to the lawyer family and their their animals and pets and everything. (laughs) For my uh, egregious 
error uh, to the lawyer family. So now it's just kind of a fun inside joke. I don't think either of these brothers has the faintest idea that there's this random college basketball podcast out there shouting them out. And that's part of the beauty of it to me. Andy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, it's always been a fun thing. And, and uh, to be able to add the wildcats kind of reference in there as well, it's sort of a similar story. I, I think it was, UCLA, we talked about it offline, but I can't remember. Uh, Andy, I intended to go back and find both (laughs) of these, and I just ran out of time. So if any of you are feeling uh, fastidious out there, is that a word? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a word. I don't know if it fits. Go find this and let us know. I need to track it down. Anyway, yes, UCLA. Yeah, and we were we were just talking about mascots, and I, I think we made a reference to the fact that like if you're not sure what a team's mascot is, just call them the Wildcats because half of the mascots it feels like in college basketball are Wildcats. Every conference has at least one Wildcat, and so we started just saying "Go Wildcats" whenever we were talking about a team. I think at one point we were talking about both Kansas State and Villanova in the same segment, and so we we're just tossing back and forth Wildcat references left and right. And so we try to end the show with uh, apologies to lawyer family, as well as the go Wildcats to kind of inside jokes, nice way to, to kind of reward the people who, who a listen throughout the entire show. And also people who, who are uh, everyday listeners checking us out on a daily basis. The lawyer family, I think the first time that cropped up was like one of our first three episodes. So about <laughs> a year ago at this point. So, so for people who, who were late to the party on that, it's the vast majority of people who listen to the show. I think Andy, was, I'm uh, late to the party on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? We're, we're a couple days away from a new season, so perhaps we'll have some new uh, jokes to, to toss in at the bottom of the show. So for those of you who are listening right now, who are listening into next week, uh, don't be surprised if something happens in the next week that, that leads to us uh, including that at the end of our shows going forward. And I'm trying to remember, we'll have to go back and find it because it was some other team. And then it's like we got to UCLA later. And I was like, how about those UCLA Wildcats? That's what it was. Yeah. We just leaned into it at the end, like every team we mentioned the rest of the show. (laughs) So I can't remember who that first team was. We'll have to have somebody please find it for us. All right, Andy. All right, Isaac, that's going to that's gonna wrap us up for today. Well, that was really fun. I love these mailbag episodes. I'm excited that we're going to start doing this more. Once again, if you want to get your question asked, get your question answered on the show, anything college basketball related, join us on the Discord channel. We'll have a specific channel called Mailbag. You can pop in there, throw your question down whenever we get an opportunity to hop on together and answer those questions, we'll do so. So it's going to be a fun kind of new, new element of the show as we get into the upcoming 23-24 college basketball season. But again, Thanks for making the show your first listen, your first watch of the day. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Hit that like button just to let us know that you are here. Apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats. And until next week when the college basketball season is officially back. Peace out.